Hey, what's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to the Domesticated Dude podcast. I'm Logan, your host on this journey. In this episode, I'm joined by my friend Nathan. Nathan and I went to high school together back home in Alaska. We lived together in college, and we've stayed close ever since. Nathan has become a bit of an avid home brewer. He and his girlfriend Sarah just got done building their own home back home in Alaska. And Nathan's also a physical therapist. So we're going to hear a little bit today about what it's like to brew your own beer, some of the intricacies that go into that. We're going to talk about the benefits and maybe some of the challenges of building your own home. And we're also going to talk about why it's important to learn from others, especially your partner. I want to thank you again for tuning in today. I really appreciate it. If you like what you hear, follow us on Spotify, leave us a comment on Apple, and share it with a friend and spread the word. Thanks again for tuning in. Here's my conversation with my friend Nathan. So I hear I hear a bunch of clanking going on back there. What's what do you got? Yes, sir. I have got and just opened up a stout that I brewed myself about a month ago. Um, first try at it, but we're gonna see how it turns out. One thing that this first pour, so this is the first bottle of this I've opened, and one of the things that I have not done well so far with any of my brews is carbonation. Um, it's like the last process you go through, you put the sugar in and then you cap the bottles and everything else. And so far, I just haven't figured that out. Everything's been really lightly carbonated. And this one, unfortunately, doesn't look like it has much at all. Oh, so you're drinking syrup, syrup water. Yeah, kind of like a flat syrup beer. Um, now, tastes decent, uh, but that's just one of the things and the, there's so much that goes into the process and you're following recommendations or outlines from uh, whether you get it from the brew shop or online, everything. And it's, you got to figure a lot of it out on your own uh, because one recommendation doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for you. Right. And this is the thing that so far hasn't worked for me. So is it, is it kind of like a recipe where you get, you get kind of the, the base of, of what you need to do, but then you can kind of freestyle a little bit in there too. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, anymore you look on the shelves and that goes to show there's, there's a certain process and a certain way to do it. But then you look at the hops of different beers and you've got 90 minute IPAs and these IPAs and hazy and all of that is just a minor tweak in either the recipe or when you add the hops, how long they're boiling how you filter things and everything else so you can adjust so far i'm so new at this i'm basically using kits and kind of following directions getting the process down but then when you get into it you can combine grains you can add a hop at 45 minutes of your boil and then one at the end just so you get more of the aroma rather than the flavor and adjust everything along that and uh you can do single stage versus two stage fermentation which clears the beer out more and uh doesn't have it sit on the yeast as long and and so there's it's a very intricate process that you can either go recipes and cookie cutter or completely freestyle and even by following a recipe doesn't mean it won't turn out different 
every time you brew, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that's that's awesome. But then at the same time, like, <clears throat> does it just give you that much more, uh, more found respect for people who do this for a living on like on a daily basis? Like, not not your big like Budweiser and Bushlight and all that stuff, but like your your micro brews, your craft beer breweries, um, being able to get that oh, consistency yeah. like that that just blows my mind how they're able to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Because the consistency of it is, uh, like, I don't know if I'll ever be able to brew a beer that tastes just like the one I did before. And the other thing about it is there is so much, like, it's not just let's throw all this in there, boil it up, and then it goes in and done. There is, it's a very sensitive process, meaning that obviously you add yeast and that's how it creates alcohol and everything else. But if one uh, bad bacteria gets in it, it ruins the entire thing and becomes what's called a green beer which is basically a, a ruined beer that's going to make you sick because there's a wild bacteria or yeast in it and it throws everything off. So there's so much more, I guess, at the the baseline of it is like a chemistry that if there's an outside source uh, introduced to it, then the entire process is ruined. But you don't, you don't know that it's ruined until you're done, right? Or until you're ready to open it up and that's – two to three weeks later uh, after you're done brewing right yeah I, I i wouldn't an experienced brewer might know some things because i think they're probably testing things a little bit uh more and at different levels for me though it's i, I try it basically at every time it switches vessels so from boiling to in the fermenter you take some you test for alcohol level sugar levels and, and everything else and then you don't reintroduce that beer because it's then become contaminate, contaminated into the rest of what you're making. So you taste that and you kind of get an idea of the flavors and how it's going at that point. But that's only at that point. So for larger people that are actually checking it maybe once a week, they might pick up on some of that stuff earlier versus I only do it once at the end of boiling stage, at the end of fermentation stage, and then when it's coming out of the bottle ready to drink. I got you. I got you. So, um, how did that, how did the idea to start making your own beer come about? Is that just something that you've always wanted <laughs> to do or, uh, is it the price? I mean, you were telling me that you're, you're done by the time you're done, it's about a buck a beer. That's a pretty damn good deal if I say so myself. So how did you get started on all that? Right, right. So it's, um, I suppose it all actually started with uh, my aunt was a brewmeister for Anheuser-Busch for a while. And then she actually retired and they got headhunted to be the head brewmaster at Brooklyn Brewery. So I've always kind of had like that cool idea of like, man, it'd be cool to brew your own and this and that. And then I have two older brothers, as you know, and the oldest one is kind of a foodie wino guy and um, – we've always joked about, Oh, we should start a brewery as three brothers or a vineyard and Trey Fratelli's vineyard and this and that. And so my, I, we, we joked about that forever. And then this last Christmas, my girlfriend was looking for something to get me and she ended up buying me this deluxe beer making kit and you can make beer, wine, cider, all of it. Um, and so as the second part of that is funny too. Her family then went and customized 
glasses for my joking three brothers brewing and now i have three brothers brewing glasses it looks official and everything but it's just me in my garage inviting some friends over and usually having one too many while i'm making it so Dude, uh, that's awesome but yeah it's it's really fun and it's a cool process to get into because like i said i'm so early but there's so many things you can tweak and make it your own and then you have this cool thing it's great to get for gifts and uh, hand out and let people try or be involved with it and it's just a great way to get people together and it's harmless fun and as long as you're of age all you young listeners out there um but it's it's a good time and then you have a sense of accomplishment and then you mentioned the price point is that when it comes down to it it's approximately give or take uh a dollar a beer but you're making the exact beer you want and higher quality stuff because you're buying fresh grains fresh hops and getting exactly what you want man that's really cool i'm glad i have friends like you that do this type of stuff because i do i could not do this man i do not have the patience i do not i'm not (laughs) good at following recipes like even even baking or cooking like i don't know something like this i couldn't do it and so i'll come over and i'll try your beer and i'll drink your beer but don't ask me to make my own and we're not gonna have any contests or anything i'm just gonna enjoy what you've created it's kind of like okay so there i have this running joke that i tell people that i'm the worst alaskan ever because i've never gone hunting (laughs) i don't really like fishing unless i'm drinking beer and then by the time i'm done drinking beer i have no interest in catching fish so if my buddies go hunt or they go fish i get to enjoy what they've spent their time doing it's the best of both worlds so it's kind of this is kind of the same thing (laughs) well it only is if you uh give me your address so i can send you a bottle or two because you haven't actually tried it yet i have not tried it yet yes i will give you my address Um, you might have (laughs) it in your text messages in a a while from a while back just kidding oh that's not it probably is (laughs) scroll through a year of text messages a year we've known each other for what 12 yeah, now you just oh dude i was actually thinking about that this morning uh while i was while i was doing my morning routine i was thinking about this i knew that we were going to be talking later today and i was like holy crap i've known nathan for 16 years yeah it's yeah i guess 10 12 years ago was when we were already in college good yeah, christ we're yeah, old. yeah man oh that's we should talk about that next time it's just how time <laughs> just moves so fast and you just can't keep up oh it's it's nuts life is crazy it's oh man it's so crazy it's like oh, i was and i was just talking with my buddy greg about this um on the couple episodes ago like how just time just flies by it's like the days go slow but the weeks go fast is what he said and it's just yeah that's yeah i absolutely agree with that speaking of going fast um you guys are in the middle of um a pretty big process in your life you guys are in the middle of buying a house right now well um if i haven't given you the update we're not in the middle of it anymore we're moved in oh Um, okay well you've moved into your new house well yeah man cheers to that that's even more appreciate it more reason to drink alcohol Mm -hmm. um yeah that was it was crazy um and yes very fast so this last summer um well we'll go back even a little bit further in spring my girlfriend and i graduated from the 
physical therapy program we met in and we had mutually agreed upon moving back up here to Alaska. The job prospects are very good. The, uh, the pay as far as what you can get comparatively is very good. And it just, it made sense with, um, she's very fortunate in that she doesn't have student loans, but I had a lot of student loans to worry about. And so, uh, the financial side of it, as much as I'd like to say, wasn't a factor. It very much was, um, plus having the roots of home here for me, we decided to come up. And when we came up, luckily my parents are still here. We got to kind of crash land and then we were looking for a place to rent. And looking around for a place to rent, especially getting something of quality and having a dog, <laughs> it, yeah, renting is absolutely nuts. Yeah. And so we were like, well, this doesn't make sense. If we're going to do it, let's let's have our money working for us in some way, even if it's a house we flip or whatever else. And then we started looking around and realized that uh, we're both very particular in what we want in a house. <laughs> what? Yeah. So we were looking around at all these houses and it was either this, oh yeah, this place is cheap, even under where we want it, but then we're going to be putting in thousands of dollars worth of renovations and time and yeah, everything yeah. like that. Well, we don't want to be connected, like have to be tied down by that and that we can't use the kitchen for two weeks because it's being renovated x y and z so then we start looking at newer more expensive places and by the time we were finding something that had what we wanted it was out of the price range we wanted to uh spend so with a little bit of convincing what we ended up doing is one of the new homes we looked at we hired the people that built that to build our house from the ground up with adaptations to the plans based on what we wanted custom hey that's that's a custom. great idea that's a yeah hey, so, that's a good idea man if you, if you can get exactly what you want for about the same price as what you were going to spend anyway why the hell not yeah exactly so when it came down to it is we had to be patient and deal with a little bit more on the building side of it but it was a process where we got to put the money we wanted to the places we wanted it so rather than having a big grandiose this we got to save that money, say, we don't want that. Let's make our kitchen bigger. Or uh, one of the big things for us with the dog that I mentioned and just the way it looks and what we like better is the flooring. We didn't want any carpet because the dog's a husky and there is hair everywhere all of the time. It's just so much easier to clean. So that was a big thing. And that's a big cost. But you look at up here in Alaska, so many homes have carpets, I think because people deem them as warmer and comfortable. And so with our cold, dark winters, they want that. that That's not sense. what we want. Um, and then we wanted an open concept. We're both very social, like to have people over and entertain. And so uh, we kind of squared off a big main living room that's seamless from the kitchen and then there's an island and then it's right into the living room so we can have people over game nights or watching football on sundays and nobody is disconnected that's great so man. yeah being able to customize and do some of those things and like i said save money where we wanted um because we we both do have a diy sense that we're gonna do most of our outdoor stuff on our own because it would just cost too much money through them, but it's easy for us to put a couple weekends in and do it and save a bunch of money. 
Yeah, like all your landscaping and stuff. Is that what you're talking about? Like your deck and that type of thing? Exactly, exactly. When you look at the the price of some things on when you have a contractor do it, they actually figure out what's easy and quick for them and then overprice things certain. And so to put in a deck, it was going to be far more than it should have been. And so rather than having them do it at all, we just said no. Uh, Basically put on stairs so it's a livable home. And then that's going to be a project for me and Pops and some homebrews on a couple weekends with some friends. There you go. You you got a lot of handy friends. Plus, like you said, your dad's pretty damn handy. Yeah. So that'd be that'd be a fun time to just get together and like, hey, let's just uh, build a deck this weekend. Yeah, yeah. It's because um, overall that type of project isn't uh, excessively expensive or difficult if you have a couple hands on and people know what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So when you guys are kind of going through the process, you kind of have the same overall thought process for what you want the house to, how the flow, how the flow is inside the house. But then what about like decorating and um, designing like all the cabinets and and all of that? How do do you guys kind of work together on on that side of it? Um, It was a lot of discussions, some stubbornness and – but overall we work pretty well together with that. Um, and in our situation, it wasn't a total custom home. So some of it was not things we had to decide on anyway. Um, as far as we took a plan and then it already had the kitchen in there. We just like moved a wall or expanded this, some little things like that. But when it came down to, and this might be more of what you're going for, like the choices for countertops or that type of stuff is, um, I will admit she had a better eye for it in the grand scheme of things, but having if i had just let her go with it i think it would have looked very distinct and and had completely her take on it which to my credit wasn't always great there are some things that uh i'm, I'm tooting my own horn here she would have <laughs> she would have had it come out just fine but some things where just a different perspective and this is where her and i actually work pretty well on um and that it, she would accept my uh, input on the countertops say where there's two styles she's trying to get. And I would say, well, that one kind of takes away from X that she hadn't realized before. And, um, she responded really well to a lot of those. Um, and, or the things where she would like a certain color and would keep going down the route of that color. And after a time I would say like, Hey, you've already picked four things that are this similar, type thing we need to break it up a little bit um so i know this it's not overly interesting and and i should also say that technically um in our to give you a little background on us so she was very fortunate although the circumstances are a little bit unfortunate but she was very fortunate to come out of school debt free i have lots of debt from going to graduate school and so in buying the house and this is something that her and i had to have a lot of communication in our relationship on that and kind of look ahead to what we wanted to do later we did we decided that this house in particular wasn't necessarily going to be our forever home so technically we disconnected my debt from it by her getting the mortgage solely 
and being a first time home buyer, no debt connected. So nice. we got a good rate and everything. So in technical terms, it's her house, yep. which when we know, when we made that distinction as well, I said, ultimately every final decision is then on her. But what it did was disconnected my debt and kept me available for next time we buy a house, I can still qualify as a first time home buyer. Right. Unless you guys get married, probably. In that's where it's going to get tricky time. as well. But that's um, stuff that you don't have to, I mean, it's, it's good that you guys have the foresight right now to kind of think through those things. Um, yeah. And it's, it's cool to hear that you guys are, are working together on some of those decisions. I know a lot of times when couples are buying a house, building a house, you know, doing house projects that has the potential to cause a big strain in the relationship, oh. just because there are so many decisions that have to be made. I don't know about you, but at a certain point when we were talking about, um, you know, small things that I just, you know, I don't have a strong opinion about, I will right. let Sarah know that I do not have a strong opinion. Like you pick what you think is best. I trust you go with it. I'm sure you guys had a lot of those conversations too. And we definitely had a lot of those. Um, and I hope I didn't, paint the picture so well to say it was a seamless, very pretty, uh, process, but, uh, cause we definitely had our, our own disputes about things, but it, it, having that open communication and, and being able to have that ground to stand on, on, Hey, yes, you, you do make the ultimate decision because this is your money going forth to it or whatever. I'm quote unquote paying rent. Uh, her understanding that I am also, in the process and we're doing it together being open to it but knowing that uh, so in a way i think it helped having somebody that was the uh ultimate power holder because then if a decision had to be made it could be there was somebody designated to make it in a way so respecting that part of it but also respecting that the other person is bringing things up because it almost once we decided that it almost made my opinion more valuable in saying that, listen, I know you don't have to hear me on this, but as somebody that's looking at it from the outside, then this could go this way or that way. Right. Right. Just, um, just bringing that fresh, that different perspective that she wasn't seeing that other angle that, you know, that she didn't pick up on, um, having that right clear communication. I mean, that's huge. And I know that's something, you know, we've spent time with both of you guys. That's something that you guys have had for a while, like being able to, um, communicate clearly and be on the same page about a lot of things because you got, I mean, you guys have been through a lot already. Right. Um, I don't know. We don't need to get into all that if you don't want to, but I mean, you guys have been tested and um, come out of that pretty damn well. I mean, you guys are building a house together and all of yeah. that. So it's, you know, it's, it's good that to hear that you guys are able to, to work together in, in that sort of partnership style. Yeah. And I think there's, um, to what you're saying, there's a couple points about that in that, um, you know, but whoever's listening to this may not that we're both physical therapists. So in our job, we met in school and in our job, that communication is imperative. So being able to bring that forward, we have to be concise and with each other. And, and when we take it to work, it's got to be the patient needs to know what we're asking of them. And we have to be upfront with, this is going to hurt. This is not blah, blah, blah. So then bringing that home and having to be open and clear and concise on that communication helped out a lot. 
and then the mutual respect as well as in school we we have to go our way on clinicals so for total of 36 weeks or so whatever it was when we were separated that communication then became stronger because it all had to be over the phone we had to make sure that we were addressing each other's needs as well as communicating ours well enough because you don't get to see the physical reactions or the facial expressions or anything else so that i believe helped us as well and then does that mean everything goes as smoothly as possible every time? No, absolutely not. But it has allowed us to, because we have to be so clear, take a step back, make sure that we, when we're not explaining something well, finding a new way to do it and explaining it in a different way to make sure it does come out clear, concise, and, and what we mean. That's a good That's a good tip. I mean, I get, I am guilty of this a lot is I will respond to a question or I will say something that makes no sense. It's <laughs> not connected to the original question. It is completely out of left field. And Sarah will turn to me and she'll be like, what are you, what are you talking about? What do you mean? Be like, all right, hang on a second. Let me start over. But I do that a lot, but I, I feel like once I start over, once I'm able to sit there and think for a second, you know, it's that whole uh, wait for your brain to talk before your mouth talks type thing. Uh, right. I'm still, I'm still learning how to get better at that. I'm, I don't, and I'm in communications for a living. Like, what the <laughs> but that's that's the point I'm talking about for what we have to learn at work because we learn everything in such medical terms and the way we understand it but not everybody learns that way. So we explain it one way and sometimes just get a completely blank stare back. And so that's the skill that I've seen both of us pick up and enforce and really grow through this process. Once we started working and, and having people ask us those things at work allows us to be a little bit more introspective in the sense of, okay, they're not understanding this point. How can I, reword it reframe it come at it from another angle so that they do because ultimately the point is that they get it yeah no matter how i say it they have to get it yeah and you might have to tailor like you said you kind of have to tailor your message depending on maybe somebody's understanding of medical terms or maybe they're just i don't know just their understanding of their injury also like you have to be able to kind of like you said tone it up or tone it down what to make them feel more comfortable. And that's, that's a huge skill that you can take literally everywhere. And it's imp really important. Absolutely. And it's funny that in it too, you notice trends. So there's, depending on who you're working with or talking to, is it somebody that's, they're a mechanic versus somebody that's an engineer. And even if neither one of them understand the medical terminology of it, it's just how you present it, they'll pick up on it differently. One of them being process oriented and this connects to that. And that's why this hurts type thing. And the other one needing to feel how something moves and just being more tangible in that sense that like, listen, if you flex that, okay, you feel how that hardens. And then that's why this hurts because it's pulling there uh, or 
however it is and and just noticing that sometimes there's those trends that different minds work in different ways but everybody sort of gravitates towards uh, like i said the engineers a different place than somebody that needs their hands on something yeah and that's that's actually kind of something that we just talked about in the last episode um kind of being able to meet people where they are with what's important to them like it's the same thing when you're probably when you're communicating with coworkers too like some of your coworkers are are see things differently than you do so you have to kind of tailor your message to to what they need to hear and how they need to process that information i feel like that's a common theme that's that's popping up in a lot of these episodes it's, it's really just knowing how to communicate with people and i think if you know how to do that you're you're going to be you know, climbing the ladder, you're going to be making a lot of friends. You're going to be, you know, well thought of. It's it's just but, something that you're going to need everywhere. But even further than that, knowing how to communicate with people, but communication and adaptation. So yes. you mentioned needing to communicate with different people and stuff, but then recognizing what they need. And when I was out on one of my clinicals, uh, one of the uh, instructors, my supervisors kind of gave me a good piece of information when I was getting ready to leave and go look for jobs and apply is that he said, you're early enough in your career, be a chameleon, figure out what they need and fill a need. And that's how you become employable, indispensable. And you stay there and you ground your roots because if you come in and you say you're really good at X and they already have somebody that's really good at X, okay. why do they need you? Exactly. Exactly. Um, and so that ties into communication too, in a weird way in that feeling when, so if I'm talking to a coworker and they're having a tough case and they can't find that or reverse, I'm asking somebody finding what that person is missing, identifying that, and then trying to fill that gap for them. And that's where communication is, or at least understanding between communication is, very important is, is that you have to figure out what's the hole, where's the disconnect, and then connect those dots and then understanding grows exponentially. Yeah. I think that's a big that's a big lesson that people should be starting to learn if you haven't learned that already is learning how to meet people where they're at and like you said, be a chameleon. It doesn't matter if you're trying to find a job or if you're trying to make a friend or trying to build a relationship with a significant other, you know, you're trying to find that common ground and find that balance and, um, being able to meet them where they're at. Um, all right. So it's been 30 minutes. How's the beer taste? You said it, uh, wasn't very carbonated. What's it? Uh, I need a review. Give me a, a give me a Nathan beer review. Okay. Um, so that stout was, um, let's say it's, you've had a beer in a growler, and it's been open. It's the second day it's been open. That's where I would say carbonation was at. Okay, that's not terrible. That's still, there's, no, you still got a little bubble there. It was there, but not the way you'd hope. It didn't make much head. Um, and as flavor goes, it was on the lighter side of a stout. It wasn't that like thick chocolate, you know, kind of syrupy flavor. So it was, um, but it had the good subtle flavor at the end. So think, not that I've had one, but I would imagine take Guinness. Wait, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What the? F Did you just say that you have not had a Guinness before? No, 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 no. I was trying to think of something that would be like, uh, like a light stout. So okay, 
Okay, I thought you said I have not had one before, but let me. I, I would think I would think that it's close to Guinness, but I've seen you drink Guinness no. before. You've seen me drink too much Guinness before. <laughs> Fact. Fact. Um, no, so let me change tunes on that. I have had a Guinness. I was trying to think of something um, else, but it would be more like if you if you took a Guinness and then just flavored it down by half. So it was very or lightened it by half. All right. All right, that's um, not bad. I could, I could roll with that. Yeah, and, and the funny thing is once you start getting into brewing and you taste your own, I become my own worst critic, is that somebody might have it and be like, oh, yes, this is not the overpowering stout flavor that's normally there, and they love it. And to me, I'm like, I got to work on this. I got to work on that. So that's one thing to be careful if you do start brewing your own is to enjoy it because that's the point and not just be every be overly analytical of every bottle you drink. Yeah, man. That, I feel like that's everything. Um, you, you have to enjoy it because it's the fruit of your labor. You've spent at least, what, two to three weeks in anticipation of this beer. Right. I would think that the worst thing that you could possibly do is drink it and say, oh, this sucks. Like, yeah. What a letdown that is. Like, you, you, need to, you need to think about the positive spin on that. Right. Um, and that's where the thinking about the process comes in because the inevitability is that some of it's going to suck. Let's be real. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Flavors are going to be off. It's going to get ruined somehow, but it's, it's still enjoyable. Like I'll still open that up and, and drink it all, share it with friends. Um, but it's, I'm trying to think of, you know, where does this compare? What flavor do I need more? Obviously I, I've mentioned a couple times I need more carbonation. Um, and so it's, I like it. Part of the reason I like it is because of the learning process with it. So every time you change something and add this flavor. And so ultimately like for stout, the reason I did it, cause I don't drink a lot of stout, but I've had some that are very good. And I want to do like a, a vanilla or chocolate stout and, and get into some of those flavorings to, to up that part of it too. And not just be this cookie cutter beer yeah because then you're just you're just producing what they gave you that's not fun. right you want to you want to make right. nathan beer make nathan beer. Right. put the nathan spin on it um, i i am i've already actually i've got an idea and um come around spring it, sh- it should be starting to get the ingredients but spruce tips uh, up here in alaska yeah and a spruce tip pale ale um Ooh. is one of the ones i want to go for you're speaking my language. Uh, I, before uh, no before I um, stopped drinking a lot of hard liquor besides whiskey, of course, um, <laughs> gin was my go-to. So you're you're definitely speaking my language with this uh, spruce tip stuff. Um, yeah, you're making my mouth water. Mm. And oh, and then the point of uh, talking about the stout and why I did that is getting a base recipe because it would be very experimental because i haven't seen any but i want to do like a a mint chocolate stout so kind of thin mint yeah i have no idea how mints how that's going to work out but once i have the base recipe town and that's where trying to get the flavors in some of these kits is comes in is is getting that base recipe and then changing that so you're only changing one thing at a time rather than an entirely new thing that makes sense. I'm curious um, when you when you get to that point. I want to know how much mint you use because it's mint is a plant, 
And yes. so you can, <laughs> you can grind it down pretty, pretty finely. So I, I'm curious to how that's all going to work, but it's like anything else. Hops is a plant. So how, right. do, you know, how did, you know, they make that work. How do they make the mint? I'm, I'm curious on that. I want to see some videos of that. Yeah, I'm not sure how it is because there's different points in the process you can introduce things to. So do I put it in as full leaves when it's boiling and try and boil that out of it? Or do I put it in the fermentation so it just soaks in there and the yeast gets after it and everything? But part of the difficulty as well is that making sure it's clean enough and you're not introducing any of that bacteria that then ultimately ruins the beer. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So... I want to know how much beer do you make? You said that this batch um, earlier, you said that this batch gets about what? 50, 12 ounce bottles. How many batches do you have going at once? Is it just one or is it, are there multiple going on at the same time? How does that work? Usually it's just one. So um, first start out, I got it for Christmas. And then that week I made, it's a five gallon batch of, whatever it is you're making and so i made one and i only had the equipment to make one and then looking around looking at different things and what i wanted to upgrade some equipment and different things i wanted to make i actually stumbled upon a guy that was he had gotten into it bought a bunch of the equipment and then ultimately couldn't make it anymore and so he sold me extra equipment primarily the fermentation carboys is what you need to do multiple batches and he sold me that stuff for extremely cheap and i've got enough now to make at least three batches at the same time if i want so i kind of went wild and did that <laughs> um but he sold it to me for a quarter of what you could buy any of it for so how much of this new house is dedicated to nathan's brewing operation i'm let me say this without saying it directly we each drive one car and there's a three car garage perfect (laughs) (laughs) was that planned were you like okay sir well we we need to have a three car garage because you know you just bought me this beer kit so you know if i don't have room to do this and you just wasted all this money on this beer kit for me so you know we need to make sure that we have this extra room uh, I'm not going to say it wasn't part of the conversation. It was more of like, yeah, we have bikes and and outdoor gear. We both ski, but also brewing, and it was kind of snuck in that way. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Uh, so, yeah, you guys, you guys live back there. You said you you do a whole bunch of stuff outside. What um what have you guys been doing in the wintertime? How do you stay sane when there's so much darkness up there? Besides brewing beer and drinking beer, of course. <laughs> well, it was brewing beer and drinking beer, um, but we both ski actually that's something that we connected over in school um early on i had actually found out i had just come from school i had spent three years in colorado as an adaptive ski instructor and then in our first class somebody talked about it and she was like oh yeah um she had also been doing that and she's been doing it since she was 14 or whatever so that was something we bonded over was the adaptive ski instruction and so her and i when we have the chances we get out and we uh, downhill ski and even do a little bit of the backcountry skiing 
unfortunately this year with between building a house our jobs and then this uh winter has been very unstable as far as avalanche conditions Mm -hmm. so we made it down to the resort a couple times but we didn't really get out to do any of the backcountry unfortunately i got you so there's plenty of skiing usually in the area but Mm -hmm. are there other things are there other activities that you guys do whether it's inside or outside to kind of help um your psyche when it's when it's so dark and cold all the time i mean i get asked that question a lot um what do you do when there's no sunlight um but i mean how do you guys i don't have to deal with that anymore but how do you guys kind of (laughs) get through that um this winter um actually went by so fast because it's our first year working um we both started in um july august and so just being invested in our jobs and it's get up go and we treat all day and then we're home and then we we both like to cook so we're spending some time together in the kitchen and that type of thing but like you kind of said at times the days go slow but then at times the days go fast and the weeks certainly went fast. Um, so before we knew it, it was already getting warm and sunlight's coming back. And now we're driving to work with the sun up and driving home from work with the sun up before, you know, before we even knew it. So it's, I think part of it was just that everything was so new this year, um, that it didn't become, uh, too much of a problem really and now uh moving forward being able to get out to ski a little bit more than the couple times we did and i fat tire bike and i'm trying to get her into that as well um other than that we cooking meals watching some shows kind of the old netflix hangout that everybody does that's cool man that's cool. I'm glad to hear that it hasn't really affected you guys a whole lot because I mean, well, you're used to it, of course, but she, I don't know if she's used to it. I don't know what, you know, where she's from. She, I don't know if she had to deal with some of the same stuff, but like you said, if you're kind of focused in on your jobs, by the time you get home and you cook dinner, you know, it's it, the sun's down pretty much anywhere anyway. So um, right. it's, it's not a whole lot different from the continental United States um, or the middle of America where I'm at right now. It's, it's the same everywhere. I think people just have this connotation about Alaska that like either the sun never goes down or the sun never comes up and there's no, there's no middle ground for the understanding there. And I think there's some, I think that's just a big misperception from the rest of the country. Well, not only that, there's a, misperception and disconnect that people think the winters up here just because it's alaska are absolutely brutal all the time but sarah my my girlfriend sarah not your wife sarah um can get confusing for everybody out there uh so she is from around boston and the winters there especially because it's so humid can be miserable and so i kept telling her up here i was like get up there, the winter's going to be totally different. Yes, it gets very cold, but it's a very different type of cold. Because it's so humid there, it's like you breathe it in, and it's very bone-chilling pretty quick. Yes. Here, yes. it's dry, therefore, you're cold, but you're just cold on the outside. You go inside, you warm up pretty quick, it's not that big a deal. Um, and all in all, we might dip a little bit lower and stay there a little bit longer, but they get as cold there as we do here. It's just that spring comes earlier. Yeah. I think, 
that's what I tell people too about Nebraska is that 15, 20 degrees here feels really damn cold, but 15, mm-hmm. 20 degrees back home, it's really not that bad. Like that's, that's t-shirt weather. That's, that's really not <laughs> terrible. Uh, let me rephrase that as t-shirt weather for a very short period of time. But here right. you wouldn't think about it. You wouldn't think about wearing a t-shirt in 20 degree weather. And the other thing that I really like about back home is when it's winter, you know that it's winter for the next three to four months, maybe five months, whatever. Right. Here it could be like 15 degrees and then the next day it's like 45 and then it's, and then it's 35 and then it's back down to 15, 20 again. You, you, you kind of ride this wave and you never know what's coming next. So like skating, ice skating on ponds is pretty much out. Um, hockey is tough to play unless you are in a league or something, you know? And so it's just, yeah. there's not a ton to, I think there's, there may be less here to do in the winter time than there is back home just because there's not that outdoor piece to it. Com- yeah. Right. Right. And that is part of being up here is you have to love the winter a little bit because it is around so long, but people get very excited. I've always found it's a perfect transition because right when I start getting overdone on my winter activities, it starts warming up, but you have enough time that like, it's not so short either summer or winter that you never have a chance to go do these things. Right. So the other advantage is people talk about like, Oh, I can never go with that short of a summer or the summer's not warm. You can't go. But the fact that you have near to 24 hour sunlight means when you get off work, it's not like you have an hour to go do something or you're losing it. You could go for a three hour hike if you wanted. Yeah. Yeah. And so saying it's almost an advantage because you have those midweek days that you're allowed to use for stuff. And that way, if it's going to rain this weekend, Oh, who cares? I'm going to go on Thursday, whether it's biking, hiking for a long sunny drive, whatever it is. Um, so in a way, and it's an advantage. And for anybody that thinks summers aren't warm enough up here, then just go ahead and stay where you're at. Cause 75, 80 degrees with the, the, the thing is up here is, it gets warm, warmer than people think. Maybe it's not 90 every day, but it's 75. But the fact that we have so much sunlight at 930, it's still 70. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's so we get to use it for longer in the day itself. Yeah, man. I, I mean, I, I don't think I know. The one thing that I miss about back home is the summers. Like it's just having yeah. having that full day of sunlight is just amazing. And I th- it was kind of a big adjustment for me once I moved down here because once the sun went down, it was still hot. And that yeah. was weird to me. It was so strange. It's like, okay, well the sun's down, so it's going to cool off. Right? Nope. Here comes the humidity. And oh, oh. yeah, it's been, that's been a fun process um, to get used to. And I don't think I'll ever get used to it, but um yeah, it's just yeah. crazy how places are so different, the adjustments that people make. I don't know. It blows my mind sometimes. Yeah, it's the adaptability of human beings. I mean, culturally throughout history, how crazy that is. And just that you can look at people that have lived in different areas and that their entire evolution has been different. Yeah. That's an entirely another topic, though. Let's not get into that. I feel like, yeah, I feel like we've covered like three different topics that could be spinoff episodes, and I'm really enjoying <laughs> it. Because I don't think that that was one of the things when I created this podcast. I was like, okay, well, if we just have these conversations, we're never going to run out of content to talk about. 
Right. You know, so, and that's part of the fun too. Like what we're going through, other people are going through or, or have been through or will go through. So it's, it's cool to share kind of some of those things that we've learned along the way. And, and I mean, we don't know everything by any means, but um, just to kind of share what we've learned and maybe it'll help somebody, maybe it won't, but at least hopefully it'll be entertaining. And that's, that's the goal. Yeah. Share what we've learned, but also understand that we don't know anything in the grand scheme of things. And I think that's an important life skill. And especially, you know, we talked about at work and, and calling upon coworkers to help is when you can grow to the point that you understand you don't know everything and, and be that and listen and absorb information, use it to your advantage, so to speak, or to your particular situation, whether you tweak it a little bit or not is an essential life skill. Yes, absolutely. There's that saying that if you're, if you feel like you're the smartest guy in the room, you should probably leave that room because you're not. That's just a ter- that's just a bad mindset to be in. Like, oh well, I know everything. Uh, you know less. You know pretty much. Uh, you don't. Right. You don't know that. So, yeah, I mean, having that self awareness is really important. Um, no matter what you're doing, if that's in work or in your relationships or whatever, I, I feel like the only time that's actually useful is when you're in a trivia tournament. You know, yeah. uh, knowing all the useless crap that we know that's in the back of our brains. Uh, yeah, that comes in handy sometimes, but, uh, you still have to be aware that, you know, you're not the smartest guy in the room. Um, you need to be in that room to learn from other people and to just shut up and listen. And I think people get lost right. on that sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you nailed it there is that facts are great. You know, watching Jeopardy's awesome. But if you can't apply it to real life or you go out and think that you're above somebody else or are hard set that you know everything, you're not going to learn anything and you're never going to survive, you know. Well, man, we've been talking for almost an hour now. I think that, uh, you know, we could probably wrap it up. But I want to come back to to a couple points that, that we touched on. Number one, brewing beer sounds like an absolute blast. And yes. I think uh, if you haven't tried it already, if you if you are like Nathan and not like me, uh, I think you will enjoy this process. You'll enjoy making making something of your own and then drinking it and sharing it with friends. And hopefully you don't get a green beer like Nathan was talking about. Uh, the second thing is um, working with your partner on things, um, you know, having that open communication, that open dialogue meeting them where they're at. I think this is a common theme that's coming up in this podcast a lot, which is kind of cool. Um, and then the third is, mm-hmm. is making sure that you guys are finding stuff to do together, uh, whether that's outdoor activities, whether that's cooking in the kitchen together, spending time in the kitchen, maybe the TV's not on, maybe you guys are jamming to some music instead. That's what Sarah and I like to do. You know, we, we celebrate days that we don't turn the TV on just because we know that we're listening to music and we're spending that quality time together. Nathan, is there anything that I missed in that in that little quick recap? Is there is there anything that we didn't touch on that that you think people should know today? Uh, no, I think you nailed the recap. I'm just going to expand on point number two there in that the communication part of it, and we talked about some of the struggles and that you can agree, but it all came around to talking it out with the person. And I think an important thing in relationships is understanding that you're not always going to see eye to eye. And then we wrapped up there with learning 
And that's the point of it. Learning from your partner and understanding self-reflection that they are different from you. And that's the beauty of it. That's why you're with that person. If you were with the exact same person, it's, it's not going to work. So being introspective, understanding that they are different and using not just taking an argument and then that was an argument, it's done, learning from it, understanding that they can teach you something and you can teach them something opens things up and, and allows you to mesh and work so much better together than if you don't do those things. I love that, man. I love the way that you said that. I think that that's perfect. I think people need to hear that. Um, you know, if you're, if you are doing that, if you do have that mindset, great, man, keep it up. Like that's awesome. If you, if, if you're just now starting to get into it, I think there's, there's a lot of things to be learned here. I mean, we can all learn from each other and, and that's the cool thing about this, you know, sharing content, sharing stories like this, man, it's, that's why we're doing this. And I'm, I'm just having a lot of fun. I hope you guys are having fun listening. Nathan, thank you for uh, taking some time today, man. I really appreciate it. It's nice to catch up. We haven't talked in like a year or so. So this is fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. Last time I saw you was, uh, Sarah and I were on the road trip to one of my clinicals and we stopped by your little old house, old Seward, Nebraska, and said hi for a night. You and I drank um, a couple beers. Too, probably too many um, beers. <laughs> and had a great time. Yeah, man. It was it was great talking to you, catching up. We got to do this more, uh, both podcast and otherwise. Oh, we will. And Don't you worry yes. about that. All right, man. Well, hey, thanks for coming on today. Good luck with the rest of the house and moving in all your stuff. That's uh, that's going to be a fun part, too. I think uh, we can do a revisit conversation about how all that went because um, I know from experience that not all your stuff is going to make it in the house, man. I'm just going to tell you that right now. Oh, I'm, I'm well aware. <laughs> all right, brother. Well, all right. Take it easy. Take care of yourself. Stay healthy. Stay safe. And let's chat soon. All right, man.